Let's go, champ. Let's start, go, slugger. Let's start this up. Early morning record once again. Uh, you this time you bailed last night. We were all set to go for no our normal uh, evening record, roughly around nine o'clock, nine thirty, and uh, I receive a, a text. Can you begging talk clearly into the microphone? Begging me. No. What do you mean clear? I've been talking. That, you know, begging to record uh, the next day. I wasn't begging. And Is I, it like uh, a grocery store bagger? Uh, the gentleman that I am, I conceded and said, sure, bro, no problem. Well, no, you tricked me because when you said, let's do a recording at home on this night, uh, I didn't realize that was the night before an early morning at work. And like a good employee, I go to bed nice and early before my work shift. Yeah, but last night was game one of the World Series. No one cares. I watched from start to... Uh, the finish, though I took a little break, maybe for an inning or two in the middle, to uh, take care of some business. I'm sure you took a longer break. You would watch probably... There was a good seri- uh, good game, actually. You'd make it to the bottom of the first, maybe? I'd make it to the fourth quarter, and then I'd be passed <laughs> out, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was good. Boston versus uh, L.A. Rams. It's no. gonna be. It's gonna be a good uh, it's not series. Rams. What is it? I have no idea. I don't even know who's playing. I couldn't care less. I just no told one cares. You. Boston. On. Bo- Boston. Hockey. Boston Bruins yeah. versus versus the uh, Toronto Raptors. Anyway, as a true fan of baseball, I'm finishing off the season by watching the final game of the season. You know, Boston won 108 games this year. 108. You know, you know there's way too many games in baseball? Those not. Yeah. You enjoy the season that way. It's just, you, you get your money's worth as it's a too fan. Much. How about you calm down, baseball? How about hockey goes away forever? Bring it down to like 35 games. It makes it important. And, and you know, I tried to stay away from this leading up to the World Series because it gets me so freaking pissed every time I see these jerk-offs who win a playoff game and have a big champagne party like they won something. That's what's so wrong with baseball. You don't win nothing until you win the World Series. Get that through your head. That's what you're playing for. You're not playing to win the uh, pennant or... No. That's like those that's guys... ridiculous. That's like those Grow guys up. in hockey... Grow up. That you what, what is it? You win the uh, division or something, or you, that you're not allowed to touch the trophy because it's yeah, a, exactly. Because that means nothing. I'd be, no, I'd be like, and my, if I was a coach and my players were freaking out because they won the conference, I'd be don't show up for practice tomorrow. Yeah, that's why I can't. You're stand, done for the season. That's why I can't stand the fucking hockey coaches. If you think the season is done now, then stay home because the season's finished, not done. We just finished playing 80 games. It doesn't matter. We finished playing 80 games. It's, yeah, I'm going to it is damn so celebrate. No. But yeah, I'm then am, don't show up tomorrow. I'm heart trophy winner. I'm touching that. I'm licking that trophy, the conference trophy. I'm licking it. I'm don't, holding it up. Then go home. You're not needed. Yeah, how about that? Because you checked out. No. How about the coach? Child. No. <laughs> Fire that freaking coach. All these hockey coaches are fucks. I don't coach or the owner. If I was the owner and saw them playing around in the in the dressing room Fuck in the playoffs, all. I would go fire them all. I do you not know why you're here? I'm paying you to win the yeah. the championship. Yeah, I'm a Montreal Canadiens fan, of course, as you know. 
and uh, they were not supposed to beat anything this year in a uh, rebuilding phase. And uh, they've been just fantastic to watch, super fun to watch. They've been winning. They're fast. They got uh, these moves. They're connecting these crazy They're skating passes. on metal on They're, top of frozen water. Man, it's crazy. No, they're super fast. They are fast. talented. The, the, the talent is, like, I can't believe they're, it. I don't care. And uh, I'm loving it. I've loved uh, the games I've watched. And I don't get to watch too many because they're blacked out in well, you my know area because of stupid Toronto Maple Leafs. I get to watch 180 games of something that I like every year. However, now that I have my smart TV, I can just call up like the pirate feed on YouTube and then send it to the television. And uh, I away don't I go. I don't support that stuff. What? I don't support how my I don't team is blacked pirate, out. I don't support pirate feeds. I don't support how my ta- team is blacked out because there's some shit team that already lives in this area. And so you're going to force I hope, all the people to... I hope the Toronto Maple Leafs never win a series, ever. Well, they're not, yeah, they're not going to. Mm, they probably will, unfortunately. I will not be rooting for them, though. You know why? Because of what they charge the fans to go see a game at. It's ridiculous. It's unless you're a, a business and you got your, uh, your 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 year seats for your company. How else is a fan really supposed to get in and get down close to the action? That's why I never understood their fans that would lay on train tracks for this team, even though the team has been a failing team I celebrate, since the late '60s. I celebrate every year the Leafs don't uh, win. To me, to me, that's my Stanley Cup. They've screwed over their fans consistently every year, and now they're this power team that have bought as much talent as they could possibly buy. They've and they've been so shitty for so long. They've managed to get draft <coughs> picks, and uh, they will still fail. They will still fail, and then the fan will still come back the next season and go, "This is the one." Planning out the parade route. That's why us baseball fans are just more classy. We just sit back and watch. No. Eat a hot dog in the nice sun, have a nice little pop. Well, I I won't talk about probably American baseball fans are more honorable, but definitely here they're very fair weather, as you are. Now, suddenly he's a big Blue Jays fan when they were doing good. That's what I hear about Joe. I've always been. He's always talking... Suddenly wearing Blue Jays hats. I went Never to wore a, a hat in his life. I went to a winning. game back when before they moved to the indoor Sky Dome. Me too. Outdoors in the cold. That's right. I didn't know what was going on. I was so young. Pop, sure. Pops brought me to a game. Okay. So, yeah. How about you? we do something that... Is supposed to happen, but you never do it and introduce the show that people are No, I don't care about that. (sighs) Not one of those uh, cheesy podcasts that have to do that. Okay, well, you clicked on this show to hit play. God help you if you're a new listener, because you don't know what's going on. You're an idiot. But this is is what it is. Sorry, guys. You thought maybe, you know, this would be something... uh, um, topic based? I, Definitely not no. topic based. We're better than that. Hmm. Well, anyways, my name is Bill, and uh, the other guy you say hear my is, name is Joe. Say my name is Joe. I guess that's all you need to know. We are uh, 2017's podcast of the year, however, reigning title holder for the Cartridge Club community, which you can find at cartridgeclub.org. It's a a bigger umbrella 
of what we are a part of. It's a gaming slash podcast community, collector community, I like to call it. But we definitely embrace you, the listener, our community, and we would never say anything to make I'd you feel bad. Embrace you hard with a nice little back rub. Nice I, little neck rub. One I'd, thing I'd start at the neck and work my way down. When we're together like this, doing this in person, because you make us like uh, solo on one microphone, I don't like the room noise that comes with this kind of recording. So I apologize to our listeners that have to deal with a little bit of background hum. I blame Joe. I blame this crappy mic you made me buy. No, well, we have two of them, but you won't it doesn't let wor- us It doesn't hit. work. It does work. You're too lazy to, like, hit one setting change. No, you got to do, like, the aggregate record setup, and I did, and then it just disappeared, and I can't remember how to do it again. And I refuse to go through that. <laughs> yes, so it, again, remember, I apologize Remember, it used to take to an hour to set up to record because I was, there was constant technical glitches with this uh, MacBook. Oh, I got this shirt on, and it's like clinging to me statically-wise. Are you rubbing and your nipples there? No, it's clinging static to me, and God, that's going to be a whole day of torture. You ever get that? No. No. My shirts are tight already around me. I wear little boy <laughs> shirts, so I they're like my tight. shirts as tight as possible. Carol, look who I'm asking. Holy mackerel. I went to the gym yesterday and had a good chest workout. I got to, like, put it into your, the things you... Can you know what I don't like? To. Like you know when your gold chains stick to your skin? Does it? That's what I'm feeling. You know when they get caught in your chest hair? Yeah. Yeah, I did. You know what I don't like is I did the chest workout. Are we really I, going? I go to, to the talk about I go to the change room and you know I take my shirt off so I can take off my gym shirt and you get this nice hard pump. It's just like why can't it stay like that all the time? You get a what? Hard pump. What does that mean? You got all the blood has been flowing through the parts of the body that you've been working out. So it's like expanded and hard and looks good. You're staring at yourself in the mirror saying how good you look. I'm not saying it. I'm just thinking. You, know, you look at what, okay, yeah, this looks good. Maybe I need to work this part a bit more. Oh, my God. How, but I'm just I, saying I got you got that nice hard pump where it's like your body's bigger than it normally is in a relaxed state. And then you go home, and like the next day, it's just like, Jesus, I, I, I worked out yesterday. Why can't I stay like this? Like, some people are always jacked up. Like can ge- you, genetically, they're just always got a hard pump on. I can't imagine going through life being that concerned about how my definition looks. I'm not concerned. It's just like, well, why can't it just be like this? How old are you? Because, I don't know. I'm going to write this down. <laughs> when are you going to let this go? When are you just going to exist? Hard pump. It's good to be healthy and everything, but... That's going to be the title of the episode, having a hard pump. So you can start thinking of that thumbnail. Again, we have discussed nothing that's illustratable. Is that's, that a word? That's not my job. My yeah. job is just recording and, and putting it out the air. I can't do the work for everybody, man. Can you do a little bit of work? Did you put any show? work into the last episode? Yeah, I provided the funny content. Did you it. put an intro on it? I didn't like our intro. Oh, really? I'd like to get a new intro with, uh, but I want a female voice doing it. So who do we know that has a sexy female voice? Hello? I, I don't know what to say. Think about someone. 
Should we take auditions? Like, well, I always like it better when a podcast has a female intro at the start. You're listening to STC. Why do you have to try to... Take your clothes off and sit back and relax. Why do you have to assimilate everything you hear on other shows? Who else has a female start? They all do. Who? Polykill. I thought that was Travis talking. (laughs) (laughs) It's in NARC NARC podcast. They all do. Uh, I don't listen to NARC podcast, though. Anyways, yeah, we, we are open for uh, audition submissions for sexy female intros. No, it doesn't mean it has to be sexy. I just want a female. You just said it has to be sexy. I want a, well, a female voice is normally sexy. Well, let me take that back. Uh, I just find it more. Uh, I just like hearing it more. Sorry. It's just me. Can I give a shout out? Oh, this this is funny. Not a shout out. Well, it is a shout out. But so I'm uh, I'm out yesterday running some errands, and I get this. Uh, this is recounting this for my listeners or our listeners. <laughs> yeah, my listeners <laughs> exactly. Tom Cruise. The ego on this mother. I get a I get a, actually I get a phone call from me. My phone goes That's off. That's right, a phone call. And I I see uh, I I've, I took a picture of Bill in a compromised position, and that pops up on my phone. Oh, what the hell? This is a nice surprise. Bill never calls me. Talking to the mic. I am in the mic. I'm watching the audio levels right now. It's too much room noise. Get up in there. No, then there's distortion. <laughs> so, yeah, I get a phone call from you. This is nice. Hey, hey man, what's up? <laughs> oh, yeah, you're that friendly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and you go, um, can you check your Twitter? Uh, Josh is trying to get in touch with you. Immediately, I start laughing. It's just like, here I go. I'm going to get the business now. My secretary called and informed me that you were looking for me, Josh. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of ridiculous, well, isn't it? No, because that I turned you off. You have to be handled. I turned off my Twitter notifications, so I don't get it when someone DMs me unless I turn in the Twitter. So I... Are you, are you that popular that I can't have my phone go off every three seconds with Twitter stuff. would be annoying. Are you that popular that it would go off that often? It doesn't when go off. You it's not every three seconds. But. It would be once or twice a day. Let's be honest. No, it's more than that. It only dings if someone is you talking to you directly. You feed. To, well, you can turn on an incredible amount of notifications, of course, but generally it only goes off if someone is, um, you know, addressing you personally or it's a direct message. So why is that this power move of turning it off when it's only going to go off, let's be realistic, a couple Mm, times a day? Let's be realistic. You don't know what goes on in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, shout out to Josh. He hooked uh, you and myself up with a copy of Transformers Devastation. Yes. Super cheap. Well, thank God my like my Twitter notifications are super weird. Like sometimes they cut, they happen for me, and other times they don't. I'll turn on Twitter and I'll see there's been a DM sitting there for eight hours, and it didn't. There's nothing in my tray uh, notification tray, and I never got. You know, any kind of notification, but that went off immediately. And I saw he was in the store, and I've done this so many times for you because I don't know why I look after you. 
where I see something and I go, oh, Joe might like this. Hey, Joe, are you interested in this? Eight hours later, might get a response. So I knew he was standing there in the store, so I'm like, oh, shit, better right away. Burp, burp. I'm like, yeah, I'll definitely take one. I knew Joe would not answer, and I thought I hoped he would just leave the store, and then he's like, well, do you think Joe would want one? I'm like, fuck Joe. <laughs> Why would you not just say, yeah, pick up both, because I know Joe's looking for one. Oh, who knows what you want at any given moment. So that, Listen, oh, yeah. Well, because jo- we've jo- mentioned it multiple times. Poor Josh anyway. is standing around in the store, so I better, I, I know if I text Joe, that's hit or miss too. Because as soon as he sees I've whatever said, picture call, is call on me. there. Call me, call me, call me. Call me. Everyone's got your number? Well, funny that you say that. I DM Josh saying, here's my cell number and give me a call. So I spoke to him briefly for a few minutes just saying thanks very much. You did not. I did. So he now had to call you. He's in a store. He wants to get out of there and go home. This was after he got out of the store. Now I got to call Joe and pay my respects. What? Did he have to kick up something for you? Hey, you call me. I just said, call me. Here's my number. What a power move. So he called, you know, maybe it was probably about 10 or 15 minutes later. And I said, hey, man, thanks for doing that. I really appreciate it. Um, here's my number. You can call and text me anytime you want, even if you just want to chat for a bit, man. Oh, as if. My number is open to you. That That's just a power move on your behalf to make someone call you. No, it's not. Yeah, that was a power move. I don't need people calling me if they don't want to call. That was a big ball move. No, that was me saying, being courteous, and thanks for thinking of us. Mm. Because I haven't seen that game. Well, not that I've gone out to, like, EB Games and looked for it specifically, but um, haven't seen that out in the wild, thrifting or anything like that, or yard sales. So it's just like, all right, thanks, man. And it was a great price, too. He went to Microplay, right? Yeah, his microplay has decent prices. Because there's only one other microplay I know of. I know one in Newmarket, but they're yeah, outrageous. That's the one I'm talking about. Well, I don't know what you're talking about. You live out in, uh, you know, in no man's land. No, not. All the cool people live on the East End. Yeah, but it's, I mean, in the gated community that normal people can't go to. So, yeah, thanks, Josh. Creepleet. Uh, I will take the one that is complete no, with the manual and uh, I already, scratch-free disc. I already since know I it. responded first and got um, Joe involved. I need to have a manual. You don't need... I need complete. <laughs> you don't need anything. Actually, that probably didn't even come with the manual, no, but no I will take the one with the manual. No. Thank you, Josh. I already, I already spoke to him about it, so it's too late. By since we're doing it. shout-outs, I want to do a shout-out to the Steven Eider Twitter feed um if you're not subscribed or following steven eider check that out because you get to see the stuff he likes and that pops up on the feed that just warms my heart a lot of times he uh he likes some uh, crazy wild stuff that uh, uh and he's just yeah <laughs> makes your feed that much more pleasant to see some of the the interesting uh, graphic stuff he, he likes. I like I'm that. just always impressed Thanks, by Steve. the amount of stuff he buys and collects. It's impressive. Well, he's always out shopping, so you're going to see some... Well, that's uh, what I mean. Yeah. But I mean, even if he's browsing around, you're going to... He takes a picture and shows yeah. you what's what's doing. It's, uh, it's not a Twitter feed that you'll be bored of. Ooh, no way. Especially if you like the ladies. Yeah. Anyways. Well, I'm interested in the collector stuff. Okay, yeah. Because yeah. I'm a purist. Like you don't 
a stop every time you're scrolling through at 100 miles an hour when you see something that he's liked. Which is weird, eh? Twitter shows you stuff that other people like. Not necessarily anything they post. Just no, they like those it, are so retweets. No, no, yeah. no. It just says, Steven Eider likes this. And it's, va, 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 boo. And, uh, yeah, so if you're out there um, scrolling around on stuff on Twitter and you like stuff, thinking that's a private moment for you, uh, other I people, don't think that's how it works, man. Other people get to see it. And that's why we like, uh, we impress on our listeners to like everything that we put out there so other people get to see what we put out. <laughs> there, yeah. There it is. That's the only intro you need to this show. Hmm. There was a new show that I saw the other day on, uh, it was a promo for a new show on TV. And it had the guy, it's really weird. It had this, um, it started off this little girl and she's being protected by what I thought was like a police officer. But it's the guy from, crap, now I'm getting confused. It's the guy from Saved by the Bell. Who? No. Shoot. I, I don't know what you're talking about. Hold on about. here. No, don't do not do it. You don't have to Who's do it. Who's the Saved by the Bell guy? Because you watch that stuff. I, I need to see a picture here. Spe- tell me. I didn't watch Saved by the Bell. Zach, somebody? Yeah, Zach, Saved by the Bell cast. I need an image. Mark Paul Gossler. I think that's... It just, it looked like a really, really good show. Yeah, here it is, here. Um, Mark Paul Gossler's new vampire show, The Passage. Oh, of course. It's called The Passage. Because it's vampires. Looks like a wild ride in new trailer. Um, he'll start in the passage based on a novel trilogy of the same name. Uh, trailer was really good. Um, his character, as he tries to protect an innocent young girl from nefarious figures, well, the nefarious figures part seems to be entirely accurate, but the second chunk of the trailer proves that the characters have to be have more to fear than just regular bad guys. Vampires will be in the mix, and that innocent young girl appears to have powers of her own. Mm-hmm. It's weird because the trailer starts off as he's trying to protect her. Um, I guess from people trying to abduct her. So it's almost like he takes her and they go on. Um, uh, what is it like when people into protection services kind of thing, right? Like she's a young girl, like she's probably like ten or something. And then as you get further into the trailer, they start showing people but their faces are slightly distorted with like some little bit of veins on them yeah sounds awful and but the police are involved i'm telling you check it out google the passage trailer it really is interesting it looked really really good man it's just they completely throw you for a loop and turn around at the end where it's like the girl makes a little final comment as she's walking out of the porch and the porch is surrounded by police cars. Uh, she has a voiceover saying, I was always afraid of them, but now I think that they should be afraid of me. And they show one scene of her where she uses sort of like a s- 
telekinesis or psychic power to push one of the creatures away. Really interesting, well done take on the trailer. So, so where's it going to air? A TV. Where'd you even see a promo? Well, I was watching it on TV last night. So, uh, premieres on Fox on Monday, January 14th at 9 p.m. Uh, given its premiere slot in mid-season, the passage is a pretty solid chance of winning an audience. Because um, Mark Paul Gossler was in a show, I believe it was last year, where he was, uh, it was called uh, The Pitch, where he played a baseball catcher. Oh, yeah. And that it was, was a few uh, years ago. It was with the, the first female pitcher in the major leagues. And he was her catcher in terms of trying to help work her through and, and get her accustomed to the league and having to deal with all the guys, right? Have you played catcher before? Uh, no, I am a strictly a pitcher. Well, I, I, I haven't got to see very much for, for the last week I, for some reason, but I did catch a movie on the movie network, and uh, this, this was a... I didn't cross my path at all last year or when it was in theaters or I didn't hear anything about it and uh, it's called The Post and it's starring Tom Hanks and uh, is that Meryl in it? Meryl Streep? And it's about the Washington Post pre-Watergate. It's a small newspaper trying to become a big newspaper and they're trying to cover this other massive, massive story that is uh, that was highly controversial before Watergate, still with the Nixon stuff, like uh, going back to the Kennedy years, uh, McNamara stuff, and uh, Tom Hanks, of course, you know, is amazing. And it's not like an action movie; it's a it's a high drama um, as they're trying to uh, figure out how to get this story published, whether they can publish it. Whether uh, and it and it obviously mirrors today's politics, uh, the war against the press brought on by the government that was happening back then. It was probably the first time it happened to this level, where the government actually stepped in and quashed stories in the press and saying it was because of national security reasons. Um, so it's that kind of deal about the Washington Post. I didn't catch the beginning of it, but I watched as soon as I started. It, you couldn't really turn it off. It was that that uh, compelling, uh, dare I say. Yeah, but are there vampires in it? <laughs> there are no vampires. <laughs> it, I've got no interest. No it, vampires, no werewolves. I'm not watching. It builds to this big... Uh, to, you know what? You know, uh, it, it, a lot of momentum going throughout this movie. A lot of, a lot of stars in it. Yeah, you recognize everybody. I don't want to see roles. stars like that, though. Well, because it, I know that it was good, though. It, they should use unknown because Brr. when I see stars, it takes me out. It could take, like, you see David Cross in it, right? And you're like, oh, David Cross right there. You know, he's not no. being David Cross. No one says that. And, uh, what do you mean no one says that? No one says that. <laughs> There's very few actors that are good enough as an actor to make you forget who they are or past roles that they've done. I think Tom Hanks is definitely one of them. I think Streep is one of them. 
I've seen David Cross play Allen Ginsberg. The guy can do lots of stuff, but he always has that David Cross voice, which is interesting. Who was, what was that other Watergate one that was really good? And it was based, I forget the guy who did it, the main star. It was um, the whole lead up and the actual process of the guy that interviewed uh, Nixon uh, on TV. Mm-hmm. What was that movie called again? Um, it was with Michael Shannon, was it? I, I don't think that was the main guy. He was the interviewer? Is that the one where the, the movie is just him interviewing Nixon? That's the main part of it, yeah. Yeah. And how it took place over like a bunch of days yeah. on TV and yeah. the whole process leading up to it and how this was like his make or break. He was on his way out kind of thing and this literally saved his career. What? Oh, shit. What movie was about uh, Richard Nixon being interviewed? <laughs> the interview. Sorry, I can't but, search that. But I can search by title, actors, year, and categories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm British. And I like it in the bomb. Meanwhile, I like um, it in the bomb. Why were all these important names in this post movie? I get to the end. Directed by Spielberg. It's a Spielberg. But how did I not hear about this movie? Anyways, I'll recommend it. The Post. Look for that. Piece of shit. Where is this thing? What are you doing? I gotta find the name of this thing, man. The Interview. Is that what it's called? The Interview. You know what comes up for that one? The Seth Rogen uh, one where the interview in, in China there. In China? Japan, I said. Yeah, exactly. The inter. Are you sure the interview? Uh, who cares? Let's move on. No, I care now. No, I'm not moving on until this is done. The interview. No, it's not the interview, man. And we should know the reporter because he's a very uh, famous reporter. Oh, crap. In fact, they give awards out under his name. But, you know, this being this podcast, we're certainly not going to remember any names. Richard Nixon. Interview. This has to do. Here we go. Interview movie. Frost Nixon. Yeah, that's the one. Now, who's the star in that? Michael Sheen. Did you say Michael Sheen? Yeah. I don't remember you saying that. I said Michael Shannon, but that's who I. That's meant. who you said. Yeah. But that's who I meant. No. Everyone Respect. knew who I meant. Michael Sheen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Frank Langella, Sam Rockwell is in it. Kevin Bacon, Rebecca Hall. Uh, Oliver Platt. Yeah, look up the post and see who's in that cast. You want to see a cast. In 1977, three years after the Watergate scandal that ended the, his presidency, Nixon selects British TV personality David Frost to conduct a one-on-one -on -one exclusive interview. Though Nixon believes it will be easy to mislead Frost and the latter's own team doubts that he can stand up to the former president, what actually unfolds is an unexpectedly candid and revealing interview before the court of public opinion. 92% Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, that was good. What? What are you doing? Look up. Uh, You're on your phone. Why aren't you doing it yourself? 
I'm asking, what are you talking about? You're on your phone. And I am not. What's it called, The Post? 2017 film? Yeah, it's last year and I never heard about oh, it. I only got 87%. Meryl Streep, Tom Hanks, Sarah Paulson, Matthew Reese, Allison Brie, which I like, Bradley Whitford. What is Allison Brie in that you like? She was in that movie, The Five-Year Engagement. Listen to this guy. This tough guy. The Five-Year Engagement. Mm. No, so why didn't you like her in the wrestling show with Mark Maron? I haven't watched that yet. Why not? I like Allison Brie. Uh, yeah, but I like to do things to her. I didn't say I like her movies. Wow. Pretty good cast, eh? Oh, he's still on Allison Brie now. I would uh, IMDB her and look at her uh, photo there. I was going to say, um, since we're on the topic of political... She's only five foot three. Since we are on the topic of political thrillers... I could, like, shotgun her around. She's so small. Shotgun? What does that mean? I don't know what that means. You one-hand her like a shotgun. What? Explain to me. I'm not explaining. I am not explaining that to her. Well, is this something you made up, or is this something I should know? You take one hand and do what? You shotgun her. Where's your hand? I'm not getting the details. Where is your hand? Around her waist. Where's your other hand? What were you gonna say? (laughs) Uh, Political thrillers. What about him? What's your favorite political thriller? I don't know. You gotta name some names out. Here's my favorite one. Do you remember that one? Thirteen Days. Uh, yeah, I saw that one. Yeah, of course. Well, maybe not. Of course, it that was a sleeper. Yeah, of course, not a lot of people saw that movie. It was with Kevin Costner. Well, set, yeah, set during the Cuban f- Missile Crisis, and it was all the behind-the-scenes political stuff involved that uh, a lot of people weren't aware that was going on, nor how close things got, or the deals that had to be made to back off the tensions. And uh, it's all the 13 days yeah, of... Yeah, uh, Bruce... Uh, well, it was Costner, but the real... The main guy was Bruce Greenwood, who played Kennedy. He always plays president. And then uh, his brother was played by... Uh, Stephen Culp? I want to say is that his name? So, yeah, you got the uh, JFK and Robert Kennedy and... Oh, this came out in 2000. Wow. Yeah. And how they dealt with Cuban Missile Crisis. Excellent, excellent film. It's not like it's uh, you're going to get lots of explosions and, you know, uh, gunplay or uh, dogfighting jets or anything, but you get this uh, political thriller, straight-up drama. I always remember the... Um Great dialogue. They had great writing. They had the embargo at that point, right? Yeah. So they always show that scene where if this this ship crosses this line and they got the imaginary line in the water and the ship coming up to it and then if you got both sides of the uh, naval fleets, get ready to fire on that ship and sink it. That's, and then yeah. uh, That's and then the other uh, the other military or naval fleet was like, all right, get ready to fire on on the American fleet if they do anything. Yeah. And then the last incident, the uh, the uh, ship does like a U-turn and just misses 
crossing over the line. It was that close, and no one knew how far nope. which okay, world man, leader There would have been go. mass panic and hysteria in America if people... Well, it's like with anything, man. There already was. People, people did re- not know if they were seeing next week. If people really knew what was going on half the time, there'd be like... That's society could not function. That's the thing. We imagine that people were well aware of the what was happening and the consequences therein. But was the reality people were just going about their business and had no no idea? I think so. I know. I know. Like like. Uh, well, they knew there was the. They knew there was that. I think it was in the news that there's yeah. actually the missile threat. It was definitely and whatnot, in the news. But, but people don't pay attention to the news. They didn't that. know the details of how close it came for us coming to war, or for America, and I guess thus us joining the war like there, it would have been a war yeah that's the thing how far before which leader would have blinked that was the and would the would the world leaders have gone through with what they were implying would happen which would have been all out thermonuclear war which Bob Dylan was writing about during that week what I like too is I think I remember they were showing it's not really the it was really, I always found fascinating, it's the work of everybody under the leader and who they knew on the other side and, oh yeah, this, uh, we got to get in touch with this consulate person because he knows this person over in Russia who's on mm-hmm. the military side and he doesn't want to go to war, so, but we have no way of communicating to him, so we got to use this person here to talk to this person over there. Yeah, that was so great about that movie, 13 Days, was showed all the back-channel stuff going on, which, uh, you know, no one knew about. Not like you'd yeah. just pick up the phone. It was all this back-channel stuff, and there had to be a resolution where both sides didn't lose face at the same time. And they still showed uh, Russia's point of view, because this whole thing with Cuba was because, you know, missiles were moving into uh, very close to Russia. Western missiles were being planted in, like, Germany and other places very close, which Russia going, well, we'll put them in Cuba. How about that? And uh, I think the story always skews on this side of the globe how uh, Russia was the aggressor when really it was just a counterpoint to what was happening. I always find it, and I think they stumbled on it by... Was it aerial surveillance photos that they they do on a constant basis, and they just caught some little shadow or something, and they they, they inspected it what it was, and ended up being a, a uh, one of those mobile uh, missiles that are on the back of the truck beds. Yeah, sure, Cuba. but you know, of course, uh, America was had their eye on Cuba for a long time, you know. The, the Bay of Pigs thing. Well, but and, uh, still, they were able to sneak this thing over there and have it set up mm-hmm. before we noticed it. Yeah. It's not like we saw it coming and, you know, you're moving a missile over here. The states were flying the U-2 uh, spy plane. I believe that originated from the Joshua Tree. Yeah, and uh, that thing was actually, uh, that got taken over by the SR-71 Blackbird, which could fly even higher and faster. That's what she said. Just trying to add some comedy to the show, man. <laughs> we should go right into aviation history now. No, you can't do that. Yeah, I was reading an article, actually. <laughs> there we go. 
that? No, go ahead. I don't have anything to say. Are you playing any games right now? I still well, haven't, I still haven't started up Drake's yet. Yeah, of course not. But I have put in numerous hours still into my Yutawari Ramono Mask of Truth oh. on the Vita. Wow. I'm telling you guys, for you <laughs> don't, fans, don't even think for about you it. gamers that are love, how many let's JR, JRPG are they on uh, Twitch a lot? This this game read along stories <laughs> slash read along story segmented uh, uh, turn based uh, RPG. There's no turns. Yeah, there is. There's nothing that goes on. Grid based tactical no it uh, battles. Yes, it is. After how many hours of uh, still The frames? second game has a lot more compared to the first one. But if you just like a good freaking story from Japan... Oh, yeah. I'm telling you, these two games, Mask of Deception and Mask of Truth, will knock your socks off. Yeah, just go check it out on Twitch. Uh, oh, wait, no one is playing that on Twitch. Well, they should be. Really? I'm telling you. Imagine that channel. Yutawari Ramono. <laughs> big in the big screen is the Yutawari uh, still frames with the with the dialogue, and in the little frame in the corner would be Joe passed out. That would be the best Twitch channel. Well, you I will find. not deny <laughs> that. <laughs> <laughs> I've thought about that. That would probably be one reason why people would watch me play on Twitch. Just to see at what point I pass out playing games. Well, one, because it's late at nighttime, but I tell you, man, it's like, I don't know what it is. I think it's just the times that I play. Like, I'll play this while I'm waiting in the parking lot for my son and daughter to get out of school, right? So I've got an hour to kill. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, Everything the car. Everything about your day is weird. If the car gets a little bit warm and I'm just sitting there and, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll nod off because I'm tired, the car's warm, uh, and then I'll wake up and the game's gone on. Luckily, you can rewind the dialogue and see what you missed. But I'm telling you, this game is freaking awesome. Both of them are awesome. And that parking lot's getting ridiculous. I got to show up at 2 o'clock, and these freaking old people are already in there in their cars, sitting reading the newspaper. Because you got to get the first row of parking to get that easy access out and then take off, right? Otherwise, you're in the second row of parking and you're stuck behind the row in front of you so you can't go anywhere because there's a row of cars then behind you going around the, the, the U of the parking lot for like the quick kiss and ride kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It's ridiculous. Or you can do what I do where I park around the corner and have a short little walk to Joe get the kid. Joe doesn't walk. <laughs> That explain those legs of yours. Especially in inclement weather. And now with wintertime coming, I'm not walking through snow or rain or nothing. I'm sitting in that parking lot where I got literally a 20-second walk to go get the kids. It means I got to be there at 2 o'clock. So my whole day revolves around being at that parking lot for 2. Your whole day revolves around sleep. That's the first thing it revolves around. Then everything else is built around it. Speaking of which, I, I made another appointment for a sleep test. Why? Because uh, my machine is over five years old, and everyone's talking about the new luxury machines out there, so I would like a, an upgrade. So, but in order to get the upgrade, you have to be reevaluated with a, another sleep test. I'm so, never going to go for a new machine, <laughs> ever. Because those two nights are ridiculous <laughs> with those electrodes and that goop. Well, it should only be one more night. But 
so the doctor. Sorry, yeah. I guess you're, you'd only be doing one night since you already got the machine, right? You go to your family doctor and then he sets it up with the sleep clinic. They called me with a, the next available appointment. Any guess when the next available appointment would be? It's now October. I'm going to guess February next year. Mm-hmm. As I follow my tricep. You were optimistic. Ooh. It's in March. So why did you make fun of me when my initial visit took six months to I get in? I didn't make fun of you. I just think it's insane. And this first visit is not my sleep test. They want you to come in for an office visit first for some reason. To do what? I don't know other than for them to make a little, you know, it's just, that's just extra appointment money. money. That's extra money. And that's so hard to get in. It's six months to get in to talk to someone about everything you've already talked about. Like, we know we're doing the machine. We need the machine. So, the it's like I was really surprised that is the first I was expecting, okay, come in to sleep this day and away we go. Nope. Come in and answer the questions that you already answered five years ago. Well, they, their logic is well, something may have changed. Do you find your machines working for you still? Um, I've been on and off mine, man. I haven't been do, being good with my machine at all. I'll go nights where I don't even put it on. What? Because it's like, ah, I don't need it. I'm tired. What? And then when I, I put it on, over this. and then when I put it on, I end up ripping it off like two in the morning, three in the morning. Fuck this thing. Boop. There's what? What is going on with you? I don't know. It. Uh, I just haven't, I don't, it gets, it irritates under my nose. I might switch it to the nasal pillows and see if that works for a little bit. But I find the nasal ones are a bit, uh, when I'm exhaling, it's noisier. I want, before I forget. Do you, do you know that? Before I forget, I want to throw this in there on the political thrillers subject. This just popped my mind, my other favorite one. Charlie Wilson's War. Again, this was Tom Hanks again, another political thriller. Uh, this time, stealing the spotlight was Philip Seymour Hoffman. Uh, gives a breathtaking, uh, breathtaking appearance in this movie. He's got so many great scenes. Uh, he delivers uh, magnificent. He might have won the Oscar for that one, if I recall. Do you recall? Do you know? Hello? Are you here? What movie did Philip Seymour Hoffman win an Oscar for? I'm not sure if Philip Seymour Hoffman won, but I can help you search for award wins by movie. He had a scene where he's telling off his boss and in his office, and he slams the door so hard, all the glass breaks. It's just, love it. Breathtaking performance. Can you use breathtaking for a male performance? Does that work? And uh, Julia Roberts was in it, too. And again, it shows all the back-channel stuff of uh, politics and funneling money. And this is about uh, when they were trying to funnel money to the Afghanis to fight the Russian uh, invasion of Afghanistan, which, of course, was the beginnings of a much bigger problem, right? Again, meddling in other countries, does it, does it help in the end? Do things get better? Hoffman, who won the Best Actor Oscar for Capote. Oh, of course, yeah. Well, he was—he de- must have been nominated for Charlie Wilson's War. I never watched that one. Oh, I man. still remember. Um, it's funny, funny that you mentioned uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. I actually just watched him the other day 
uh, for his uh, one of his early earliest roles in. No uh... oh, shit! <laughs> oh, I was like warming up. I'm like, yes, let's talk some Hoffman. Scent, scent of a woman, man. When he played that little bratty Baird man. We're Baird men here. I, I don't know. I don't know that one. Remember, there's four Maybe guys. Maybe I haven't seen it. Scent of a Woman with Al Pacino. Yeah, maybe I haven't seen it. She's got a great ass. Yeah, ooh-ah. Yeah, I know only the parody of it. Um, <laughs> he played the friend of the three boys that uh, dropped whatever that melon was or watermelon or shit on the, uh, the uh, Dean's car. And that was the whole reason for this whole trial that they had convened in front of the board of directors. And then uh, Chris O'Donnell wouldn't set Rat out. Mm. The, the three guys that did it, even though they treated him like garbage and stuff like that. And Hoffman was the other guy who was on trial, who was on stage at the same time as uh, O'Donnell being interviewed. But he was there like with his rich dad protecting him. And He might have been the perfect actor. Right, like he melded into every single part. It's not like you always saw for me, Seymour he... Hoffman inside of a part like you do with other actors. Like Clooney is always Clooney inside other parts. Yeah, Hoffman always just melted into whatever he was doing. And Hoffman was, or he was also on Twister. I think that was his first big movie. Oh. <laughs> Twister. Yeah, he was like one of the, one of the, uh, one of the guys, one of the crew. Oh. Right. Another good movie he was in, The Ides of March, with uh, Clooney and Gosling. Yeah, I never saw that one. Yeah, I. No, I you have to watch The Ides yeah, of March. I it's saw, such a well. Oil. You don't like it because it's Ryan Gosling. <laughs> I, like, tell you, the I Duke, like Ryan Gosling, the, but I don't need this pretty boy show the of. Duke, uh, the Duke and Act, man. Of Clooney no, and. Clooney plays a guy you don't like. Mm-hmm. The whole movie, if you like I the. I think I've seen like, bits of it. If you like the behind the scenes stuff of like say like the Cuban Missile Crisis or anything political, the Ides of March is complete political behind the scenes of a campaign race for someone who's eventually on his way to become campaigning for uh, President of the United States. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's made up stuff too. Like the political thriller stuff I like is when it's based on historical stuff because I like history too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's not political thriller though. Hoffman and Almost Famous, man. Great. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. He uh, was the, um, crap, Hoffman and Almost Famous. Was he the guy that ran Rolling Stone? No, he, another magazine called Cream uh, is based on a mm. true life guy. Uh, apparently he played him perfectly. Can't think of his name off the top of my head. He was, he, in a, he was in a wacky movie called Happiness, which was really good. He played like a deviant guy, deviant, uh, had deviant fantasy kind of. Uh, remember that gambling movie, He a Canadian movie, where he played the, the gambler who uh, he couldn't help? What movie was that? Where he, uh, he had this just deviant gambling addiction. My wife just sent me um, okay. an email. Moving on. For a buy one... Get one plus thirty percent off all champion footwear from um, uh, where's this? Payless shoes. 
I was my the shoes I'm wearing now for my everyday outdoor bumming shoes. You know, bumming pair of runners, right? For doing work around the house, or pair of champions. You know how the bottom of like your Nike runners has like it's all rubber sole. These freaking champions have the soft padding and literally a two millimeter strip of rubber where if that rubber wears off mm. all you left is with that spongy surface mine wears off because of the way i walk i got a soaker the other day just stepping out when it, the ground was wet because that two millimeter layer yeah. of protective rubber that keeps your foot from getting wet uh, due to my gait had rubbed off at a certain point and then my socks got soaked and she wants me to go spend another 30 bucks on a pair of, of shoes so I can throw them away again. A whole $30. Well, right, I'm just going to go drop 150 on a pair of shoes that I know the sole is going to be there forever or until the top part of the shoes disintegrates. It's so shocking knowing you that you would wear $30 footwear to begin with. Well, that's because I know they're going to get demoed because it's for my yard work around the house. Yeah, but you wear them even here. You wear them out. I wear them here on certain occasions when there's no one around, mm. and I don't care. I don't have them on now, man. I got my... Uh, oh, yeah, of I course. I got my uh, square-toed... Uh, yeah. I don't know, whatever brand this is. Uh, it's, they're covered in rawhide leather. Patent leather. Anyways, the only shoe to get are Merrell's. The only brand I buy. In Listen, fact, uh, if I was going hiking, I might buy some Merrells. No, well, it's not just for, they are fully supportive to the to the foot and uh, a comfortable ride all the time. And my my style that I like is, I think it's discontinued or whatever. But sometimes you'll see them pop up in a sale somewhere, and I have a I have a backlog storage of them ready to come out because I know what I like. I don't like it when your shoe style disappears in two months. So when you see them, yeah, buy six boxes of them. That way you'll uh, never run out. I know you don't buy six boxes of them. Yeah, I have a storage locker of uh, Merrell's. Mm. And, uh, Do you the, share that with Har Howard Stern? I'm not gonna tell you what, uh, what style it is because then people will go and buy them and I, then I won't have any. I don't buy Merrell's. You should, Merrell's is the only way to go. And it's not cheap. I didn't say it was cheap. You're going to have to pony up a little bit, but it's not going to let you down. And I when believe, I and believe when you complained about them once. When they're brand new, you can barely put your foot in them. But once you work them in, it's just the way to go. The only way to go. Well, I'm going to go somewhere else because it's time to wrap this up. Is it? i got to get some food in my belly. We didn't even talk about anything. Just like every other show. And yet we're still podcast of the year. Now, what am I supposed to put on the thumbnail? When you're that we didn't talk about anything. Are you sure it's been an hour? When you're that good, you don't have to talk about anything. It has not been an hour. When you're that good, you don't have to talk about anything. I'm not going to have this you hear podcast that, Kevin? You hear that, Kevin? ruled by your stomach. Surely let's, you have something else to Let's see if Kevin still listens to the very end of the show. It's not the end of the show. There's still 15 minutes left. No. We're done. I'm not done. I'm not done because you're hungry. That's ridiculous. We're done. What do you plan on eating? I brought in four slices of toast. And I got my sunflower seeds. I'm, you know what? 
I'm ready to go to human resources about sunflower seeds. It is, I've had enough, seriously. You would not do that in other company. I would not do that in certain female company. You wouldn't do that with but, the cottage uh, crew. You wouldn't do that with any other. Yeah, I would. With uh, M from Transformers and beer. You wouldn't do that with anyone you respect. This sloshing and. There's no sloshing. I'm very discreet. You are not discreet. Blowing, spit blowing those friggin' hulls all over the place. Into is a cup. ridiculous. I blow them into another cup. What do you think cup? that sounds like? I um, want to throw up all day long listening to this. Can you imagine listening to this all day long because he has to have something in his mouth for the entire day? I, it just ties me over so the hunger doesn't overcome me. A little bit of flavor, a little bit of cracked pepper and salt in your mouth of the sunflower seeds keeps you distracted and busy. You don't need stuff in your mouth all day. You don't need stuff in your mouth all day. And on that note, let's wrap this one up. No. <laughs> no. Guys, if you're looking to buy shit, Go to stcpod.com and buy your detergent and whatever else you need, prophylactics, off of our Amazon link at the top of the page. And you can find Bill on Twitter at stcpod. And you can find me on Twitter at acdecepticon. As well as, uh, like I mentioned at the start of the show, we're under a greater umbrella, and that's the Cartridge Club community, which you can find at www.cartridgeclub.org. And... We should say that uh, a big shout out here to the Mighty Q Dog YouTube channel. Look up Mighty Q Dog because they documented the uh, last weekend's big get together for the Portland Retro Gaming Convention Expo. Is that what it's called? Expo. Uh, of course, there was a massive cartridge club gathering there, and if you go over to the Q Dogs, you're gonna see uh, you're gonna see what happens, the shenanigans. And uh, they had big announcements in their videos. I watched that last night. Yeah, me too. On the TV. Why? Because I can now. Because I have a smart TV. What a sellout. But I can't, I can't leave comments and stuff on the TV. That's the drawback. Uh, however, yeah, check them out. Uh, uh, ambassadors, envoys for the Cartridge Club, Mighty Q-Dog. Is there anything else? Did you say T Public? Nope. You can buy your STC stuff. Joe's going to have a shirt up there. <laughs> Joe's going to have a shirt up there one of these days. That'll be good. It'll be super tight on you, though, because I only make it one size, small. So you can show off your male breasts. Pecs. Pecs. Are, are you happy with your nipples? Or uh, would you prefer they protrude out a little bit further on your tight shirts? I... I've got, uh, no, they, they my point down, don't they? Because you're the muscle guy where the, the pecs push the nipples. That's so because they I do south. my decline pecs. I find that disturbing when they point when down. When you do decline, then that's why the bottom part curves out. The, what? Just ask someone who works out. Yeah, I don't a, like that. They know if what decline press down, is. It's too much. That means your chest is nice. No, no, I don't like that. It's disturbing. But that explains why you're never poking nips out on your boy shirts. All right, guys, post it and post it.
doesn't seem 